Blog Talk Radio. Psilocybin.
What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kyrie, Coach K Radio, and we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Yes, yes, yes. That was Janae Aiko Psilocybin. Love is in full effect. And if you joined us last week, we had part one of the story of the magic mushrooms, what, where, when, and how. And this was the opening song that I had played. And I was like, there's no other song called Psilocybin. And I went, the first time I listened to it, I was just like, yo, the words, what is she saying? She says, take a ride into paradise. You know, open up your mind. She says, getting rid of inhibition and a sane asylum, I can feel it hit the ceiling when it's in my body and out-of-body experience, experience, a spirit party, get it popping on this psilocybin getting rid of inhibition and insane asylum, I can feel it hit the ceiling when it's in my body and out-of-body experience, a spirit party. Man, listen, I don't know what your particular experience about psilocybin is, but I am quite sure, um, just like any experience in life, happiness, sadness, losing money, winning, winning money, birth, death, sickness, winning and losing, we all react in different ways. And tonight I want to talk more about this journey of the magic mushrooms as well as, like, the science behind this organic and ancient technology. So if you're on tonight, I definitely want to really appreciate you. We ain't going to take too long. Last week we had a special guest that came on and just filled us up and basically took us all the way from, from start to finish and, like, blog talk cut it off when we were about to move into like what it seemed like was even going further down the rabbit hole. So without further ado, I'm going to bring my first line of co-hosting into the building um, from Toledo, Ohio. Y'all put y'all hands together for Firewater. Peace of love, peace of love. Hey, coach, it's going to be epic. What it do? It's gonna be epic tonight. <laughs> they better, hey, they better listen know? all the way to the end because they cut off on us last time in the middle of him saying something unparalleled. <laughs> they better listen that? all the way what to the end. What was your recollection? What was your recollection? What was your recollection? What was your recollection of the unparalleled piece that uh that was about to be laid out last week? What tell me how you t- tell me how you recall that? Because the subject had come up of engaging in the entheogens with a partner in a tantric tantric context. And so then you said, well, it looks like maybe 
Jay-Z and Beyonce might be engaging in those particular sciences because they seem to be in sync. So then you shot the question at Baba, and Baba just like flat out was like, nah, they, that's all a simulation. <laughs> that's all a simulation <laughs> they put out here in the game to keep your mind occupied and show you how to act and think in the Matrix. And then it just cut, the mic cut. Right, right. And the last thing I heard him say was, um, you remember the woman in the red dress? And then it just goes off. <laughs> You right. know what I mean? So if any, right. for anybody listening tonight, watch the movie The Matrix. You know, and like when you look at um, any of your favorite movies, they all have the same the same four part structure of the hero's journey. There's the apparent problem. There's the apparent solution. Then there's a solution goes wrong, and then there's the resurrection of the Christ or the Heru. And if you know anything about the red dress in the Matrix, that's when things went wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you was like, oh, man, Neo, he's been trained. He's good to go, blah, 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 blah. But when the glitch came and Neo, who was the newest one, you know, into that particular realm, was the one to catch the glitch. Like, even Morpheus walked by the glitch. Trinity walked by the glitch, you know, but Morpheus caught it. So, yeah, um, tonight I definitely want to get into that and give Baba a opportunity to get back on that particular realm. But I particularly want to get into the phone lines, like how they were traveling in the Matrix. You know, every time they were like, can you get to this location? Can you get to this phone booth? You see what I'm saying? Mm. Because they they were in one dimension. Neo was in a dimension when he was at work at the very beginning. And then he gets on the phone with Morpheus. Morpheus sends him a phone in the mail, a special phone, and then he starts to follow instructions, and then he gets to a certain place where he can now be teleported or transported or hyper-transported or whatever over to meet Morpheus face-to-face. And then Morpheus gives him the option, you know, boom, you want red or blue pill. So to me, like I said, at this point, we know that's not a movie. That's more like a documentary, and um, that's kind of where I want to get into it at tonight. What, what do you think about that idea? Yeah, that sounds perfect. That sounds perfect. Let's dive. Let's dive deep. I hope they brought their scuba gear. I hope they brought their scuba gear. The story of the Matrix and the Mushroom with guest Kalindi I.E. The story of the Matrix and the Mushroom with special guest Kalindi I.E. Part 2, One Universe or Two. 917-889-3803 is the call-in number, and on this show it's time to talk about parallel dimensions and the multiverse. At this point, we all know The Matrix was more than a documentary. It was more a documentary than a fictional movie, so tonight international scholar and master teacher Kalindi Ayi of the Chimerian Institute will help guide us through the conversation of DMT, parallel dimensions, and the multiverse. It is, is it as easy as Neo transporting through the phone lines to a different reality? And what about the lady in red and the glitches? Tonight's going to be another great conversation as we unravel more mysteries of the magic mushroom in part two of our presentation about the magic mushroom and expanding consciousness. Feel free not only to call in to listen, but press one at any time if you have a question or comment. So if you're listening on the line, you can go share this on your social media, or you can just press one at any time that you want to come in and vibe with us or ask uh Baba Kalinde, a question. Um, but also the chat room is open as well. So, man, let's get this party started. Um, hopefully, Baba is on the line at 
Caller from the 313-622. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Well, I mean, that's that's me. Yeah, I'm I'm here, ready to ready to roll. Greetings, greetings, Baba. How was your day today? Oh, it was uh was a good day. Uh did a few things uh and was just uh preparing to make way where I could do everything I had to do and make it back uh for the you know, for the talk this evening, so um Ready to go, raring to go. Uh, been All right. thinking about it for the last couple of days. Mmm, mmm, marinating on it. Well, you heard me and um, Firewater on, you know, our thoughts tonight. I think I probably, I know that we left off with, um, as he said, talking about how Jay Z and Beyonce were just props in this particular matrix this holograph that we live in to look a certain way, you know, and then you were asking us about, do you remember the lady in red in the matrix? Um, So if you want to pick up from right there, that's cool. But I really wanted you to get to go ahead. I'll let you start right there. Well, well, I mean, um, the, the whole entertainment, Industry, Hollywood, you know, Holly, Holly is the wood that they use to make the magic wands with to cast spells and things like that. And they, at certain times of the year, uh, the solstices, the equinoxes, they do things to generate energy so that that energy can be pulled and utilized to confuse people and also to, to entertain people. That's the whole thing with Donald Trump and dealing with uh, the so-called shutdown of the government. How the doggone government shut down? Everything's still running. All it is is the, the little people don't get don't get paid for a few weeks. That's all it is, and you just get that double check when it comes. But it's got people spaced out and you know uh, giving their energy to the beast. You know um, the other thing right now is uh, of course R. Kelly. And, uh, you know, the whole little uh, documentary that's coming on uh, on cable about R. Kelly and his, uh, you know, pedophilia or whatever. But, you know, people have been know- knowing about R. Kelly. They went through the trial, the whole thing, Aaliyah and all that. You know, now all these things are reemerging at the time of the winter solstice in the new year where you look forward and back the god Janus to give energy to the Roman Empire, to the Holy Roman Empire, which is the the Catholic Church. So not to get too deep into that, but, you know, um, we have to not be manipulated and pushed forward and backwards and sideways by the things that happen at certain ritual times of the year for people to uh, be able to manipulate the energy, you know. Um, and I and, and the whole thing with uh, the whole thing with R. Kelly is uh, really uh, uh, you know as I said part of the entertainment. You know I know I know um, intimately from the inside part of that because I was uh, Aaliyah's bodyguard for the first two years of her career, and my job, my personal job, was to keep her from R. Kelly. So 
Uh, I know the whole, you Whoa. know, I, the the whole story was the whole story. And Aaliyah and I went, uh, we went uh, all through the United States. We went to Europe, uh, traveled all over. Um, she, you know, she would come and visit my house. You know, she would get her readings from the uh, high priest, uh, Bobby Shangi, at my home in my bedroom. You know, where she would get her readings about her career and things that were to to be. So, you know, so that whole R. Kelly thing, I know, and everybody knows what was going on, because you know, ever since the the little videos and things like that surfaced, you know, now you have something else to talk about and to be engaged in, instead of keeping the the eye on the prize, which they'll pull up next uh, January, February, they'll pull up the eye on the prize, and uh, bring up the whole civil rights movement and things like that for next month. So we're getting into the, the whole ritual energy thing. And, you know, we have to understand that we are multidimensional beings and that the psilocybin, the mushroom, the tryptamine, hallucinogens, they give us access to parallel universes and also um, an understanding that, you know, these are, Programs, their algorithms, their computer programs, their virtual reality games that we're in. I was uh, dealing with some folks on uh, Facebook in one of the DMT sites, and they said, um, whatever, whatever it is that when you die, you wake up and somebody's taking the pipe from you, and they're saying that you get the hit. And <laughs> did you get enough? You know, folks are saying, "Well, no, I'm gonna go back in again," which is your, which is your reincarnation. The woman in red, which was uh, a fluff program for the simulation. A fluff program for the simulation is that not every being that you see, not every tree that you see, not every building that you see is real inside of the simulation. Because you know the old adage of if you if a, if a tree falls in the forest and never and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? And that's not really it. It's that if no one's there to experience the forest, does the forest exist? Because observation, consciousness, quantum mechanics brought into into the fold. You know, Niles Bohr and Einstein in their uh, their talks and debates on. You know, does the moon exist if you don't if you're not observing it? So the thing is, is that the woman in red was just a fluff program. It's that person that's walking down the street and walks past you and turns the corner. When they turn the corner, they no longer exist because they're not being observed. In other words, the uh, waveform, uh, the the particle, uh, you know, it folds back into a waveform, and that is then in the realm of potential as opposed to the realm of actuality in so-called three-dimensional five-sense reality. So um, I think also that I talked about uh, tantric partner entheogenic sex and traveling in henosis, which henosis is the becoming of one flesh, where you and your partner either physically are having uh, intercourse under the influence of the entheogens, or you're not physically having intercourse, but you're having intercourse inside of the trip without having the physical intercourse, and you become one being where your 
speaking in each other's heads and communicating in each other's minds and traveling the multiverse and being able to not only experience from the other person's point of view, but also to feel what they're doing. In other words, you have uh, synesthesia and you have telepathy, you know, because psilocybin before, it was called psilocybin before Albert, uh, uh, Albert Hoffman uh, named it psilocybin, which basically means bald, bald head, you know, because it's kind of smooth and things like that. Uh, it was called telepathy. In other words, it brought about a telepathy where people could understand people without having to verbalize it, uh, utilizing the the mouth language or the vibrations in the actual atmosphere that brings about sounds. Because many times when you go into the multiverse, there is no atmosphere to bring about vibration or buckle cords to make sound for you to be able to pass on information from the mouth. But it is all done in the uh, understanding of your consciousness being able to relate meaning through not only uh, fractals, not only through colors, not only through the vibration of the frequencies that you're conveying information uh, information through, but these things are all happening simultaneously, which creates a, t- a telepathic way of communicating, and that's really what the the phone system was inside of the matrix. It was a way of communicating and utilizing that thread of communication to be able to travel, you know, kind of like the phone, uh, you know, the the phone transporter uh, on, you know, on uh, Star Trek, where you're utilizing the, the phone as the transporter. You're moving along the energy, and that energy is giving you the ability to be able to travel, and that's what psilocybin is. It's a telephone into the access of the multiverse, and not just the multiverse and the macroverse, but the infraparticle intelligence, which is the realm of the very, very small, into the uh, Zappo technology and into the Octo technology and into the Femto technology and into the Zippo technology that are all realms of existence going smaller and smaller into the quantum realms and then beyond the quantum realms, which was which is below the Planck length, which is 10 to the negative 35, where everything begins. And the servers that create the reality of which we exist, it are those super servers, true magical quantum computers that are below the Planck length that generate the macro reality and collapse the waveform that changes those uh, higher dimensional uh, waves and waves into particles that create our reality. You know, so moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said just moving right along. Yeah, yeah, just you know, sure they taught that to us in elementary school. You remember that lesson, right? Remember in the second grade they were telling us about the about the about the uh, ten to the negative thirty fifth, the the Planck level. Um. Bob, I'm just so I'm just so grateful, you know, that you were on here with your own personal experiences um, to help, like, translate some of this for us. Because 
some of us are very convicted to our one-dimensional illusionary experiences. So like today, I was over at the African restaurant Maddie's in Detroit. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah. And there was a brother behind me, very loud, speaking very confidently, which in my, where I'm at now, you know, I would say he was not talking. He was talking from his experience, you know, and he was like super religious, you know. He was super, super, super um, black Islamic, and, and, and everything could be solved through his religious outlook, and he had all the answers. And But to me, based on my experiences and my particular research, he still was a neophyte, you know, with, without initiation and without certain comprehension of certain mysteries. How well, does one... Go ahead, excuse me. I was just going to say, how does one move from being so not knowing and holding on to that not knowing over into the realm of knowing? Because I know you always talk about traveling so you can know. You know, and I've never heard you be boastful or loud or talking like you know everything. Like, how does one move from well, that place? Well, you have to understand that you that that the existence that we're in is a grand mystery. It's not known mm. by anyone. And the impetus, the original impetus for the religious energy, the the religious knowledge comes from the entheogenic sojourns. In other words, that's the legitimate so-called, for lack of a better thing to call it, spiritual system. The spiritual system is to travel and to experience from a eye-to-eye, mouth-to-ear experience, not a not a tale of what something somebody did or what somebody did a thousand years ago or, you know, uh, Jesus turned, you know, water to wine or walked on the water and things like that. These things are something that you can go and see and experience for yourself rather than being told third and fourth hand, you know, because most religious people are – uh, uh, today they're just they're novice. They don't have any information, any knowledge. Even the preachers that we have, the black church, they're novice. They're teaching out the cabbage patch. You know, they, you know, uh, very few are uh, have any study of re- of even the religious history of which in which they're in. You know, um, I think Martin Luther King had a doctorate in. Uh, religious studies or something like that, but most of the preachers around him, if you if you go around those preachers in Atlanta, um, you know they're called doctors, but none of them are doctors. And even the doctorates are only the things that they want you to know to support their version of what reality is. And reality is many different things. It's pliable. You know, don't nobody know what they're doing or talking about when it comes to reality. And, <laughs> who we are, what we are, where we're going, where we come from. We don't even know what we are, you know. It's like electricity, you know. 
you have folks who will explain electricity and tell you what electricity does and things like that, but you don't know what electricity is. You know how to utilize it. We know how to contain it to a certain level, but we don't know what electricity is no more than we know what we are. You know, I've, I talk to people all the time, and, they, you know, they're, uh, they're either gods or goddesses, and what, so what does that mean? If everybody's a god, then that just nullifies uh, that just nullifies being uh, uh, the speciality of being a god. God is supposed to be something special, but everybody is. If Ray Ray the crackhead is a god, and everybody's a god, it doesn't doesn't mean anything. What happened to the farmers? What happened to the 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 artists? What happened to the musicians? What happened to everybody's? You know, uh, somebody who is you know supposedly on the, the highest level of spirituality and things like that, when in reality we're all groping in the dark trying to deal <laughs> with the, the ultimate loneliness of being alone in the dark. That's why all these things that we have have, be, have been woven into a reality that we can experience because you're alone in the dark. That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate thing happening. You're alone in the dark. You don't want to be alone in the dark. You're bored being alone in the dark. So you, your consciousness weaves from actually nothing the reality that we experience as the multiverse. So the religious, uh, the, the religious content that we once had was an experience from when we were on the, in, in the, on the Sahara and we encountered the mushroom and our only mindset was to eat, to avoid the predators, to have sex, and to keep it moving. But when we ate that mushroom, then we started reflecting on things that weren't in our environment, things that stretched our understanding and our knowledge from the regular environment into something more. We st- we strive and look up at the stars. That's why the megaliths and monoliths that are all over the world from pre-Younger Dryas times are still there. They're looking out to the stars and also looking inward into the realms that exist inward and those realms that exist in the very, very small. So when we lost that as a group, when it was taken away, by the environment, and the scarcity of it was only used by certain societies and certain guilds and taken away from the regular people, the regular people took that original impetus that there's something more and wove it into the religious system that we have now. But they're crippled, they're sterile, you know, because they don't have the original energy and knowledge to go along with what we today call religion. When we talk about these beings who are angels or uh, Netaru or Orisha or Obusom or Loa or whatever these different entities are, these are actual entities. They're not just something that we make up in our mind or that we possess from the rhythm and things like that. No, these are actual entities that exist in the multiverse of which we can have a relationship with, real-time, face-to-face relationship with, 
through the access point of the entheogens. And the access point of the entheogens are there so that we're not in constant contact with angels and Loa and Obusom and Orisha and other things that we kind of, you know, you can't be going to the uh, to the DMV to get your license and Shango walk up in the doggone DMV and want you to do something. No, you have to take time outside of going to the DMV or going to the grocery store. You can't be in Walmart messing around with Mike, the Archangel Michael and things like that. So it gave you a way that if you want to access these, if you want to access these things, that you take time out from your regular day and put a special time to the side, take your entheogen, and then deal with that whole thing. Or you have a special time that you're going to take out three weeks to go and be in perfect darkness to be able to take that um, melanin that you have, the melatonin, and convert it into DMT in darkness and go and deal with the lower and the spirits and the elementals and all these different creatures that are real creatures of which people say that it is pseudo information to talk about spirits because it ain't no such thing as ghosts and it ain't no such thing as angels and none of this. They don't understand that these things are from the entheogenic realms. Anybody who says there ain't no ghosts let me give you thirty grams of mushrooms and take you into the and take you into an old graveyard and have you sit there in the graveyard on thirty grams of mushrooms and you tell me that there ain't no such thing as ghosts <clears throat> with all them disincarnate and disembodied uh, spirits walking around in the doggone graveyard that haven't properly been sent back or been sent through into the next level or those that are so scared that just hang around the earth. And came stuck in the graveyard. These things are there. These things are real. They are accessed through the entheogens and even the things that have been lost, like the original spiritual systems, are still available. Everything is still here, just like Earth, Wind, and Fire said, you know, sounds never dissipate. They just recreate in another time and space. Every sound, every note, every spoken word, every action is recorded and available in what uh, was popularized by the Theosophical Society and Helena Petrova Levatsky. Now, Levatsky and them were doing their thing. They started the New Age and all of that, but they didn't know nor understand either that what they were calling the Akashic records are the Akashic records, the records of the Acacia, the DMT compendium of knowledge and information that has worlds of information, you know, about uh, maybe uh, 20, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I was in Ghana at a, um, and stopped off at a, uh, conference they were having and the man there was talking about the planet of uh, the planet of instruments where they where the living instruments are where the instruments talk to one another through their music and that these instruments were downloaded into this 
energetic system, this mindset of human beings here, and they recreate it out of the resources that they had here, what they saw in the entheogenic realms on the planet of instruments. So the harp and the piano and the fiddle and the violin and the saxophone were all walking around on legs, talking in their saxophone language and their clarinet language and things like that. And somebody saw it in a dream or what they or what they tell you is a dream and brought it back and created it out of wood or out of brass or whatever. It's no, it's, it's no different than the martial, than martial arts, you know. When you see in Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon, when they're up in the up in the trees, standing on you know uh, little branches and things like that, and fighting or taking great blades of grass and killing people with the blades of grass, you grab a handful of grass and throw it and cut down a hundred guys. This was all done through the understanding of the entheogenic realms that they were in when they were utilizing these type of martial arts and the martial arts that they got them that they got, you know whether it's the praying mantis style or the snake style or the, the tiger, the crouching tiger or the, the crazy monkey and all that kind of things. Those things come from not just observing nature, but the entheogenic sojourns that they took going into these realms to bring the fighting styles back that would be positive there billions and billions and billions of years ago by civilizations and humanoids who have Left, uh, left billions of years ago. All those are in the record halls. The animals do the same thing. Mm. Mandrels, mandrels, and mandrels would um, be fighting over the females. The males would be fighting over the females. And what they would do was take ibogaine or iboga. They would eat the iboga shrubs, and once they went into their trip, into their martial trip, then they would go ahead and fight for the female. But that information that these mandrels put into the Eboka bush, when you eat the entheogen, the entheogen eats you. So each fight and each movement that the mandrel does against that other male mandrel and fighting for the female mandrel is deposited in the plenum of information in the Eboka bush so that someone who is trying to bring out a particular fighting style could be the mandrel, the mandrel style. So you go in to the Evoca bush and bring out the mandrel fighting style because every mandrel that fought from the beginning of mandrels puts this information into the Evoca bush. And it's the same thing with these other fighting styles. It could be the fighting style of a creature that we had no understanding of that was in a planet far, far away. So that's one of the reasons why we look to the stars. The other is because of uh, the ancients wanted to tell us to be able to create the technologies that we need to get off this bad boy inside of simulation, <laughs> to be able to get off this bad boy because we're looking at catastrophes all the time, you know, from the torrid media stream where, you know, the, the, the big rocks 
the rock that hit the Yucatan 465 million years ago to kill the dinosaurs. All those rocks are still there. All those rocks are still there. We crossed the Torrid Media Stream twice a year in June and late October, early November. That's why they have the media showers in in November because we're crossing the Torrid Media Stream. And those torrents have all of those asteroids and comets and meteors and all that kind of stuff in it that, uh, that you know, we have these near misses, you know, all the time. You know, I have on my phone an app that, that um, you know, uh, actually tracks asteroids and meteors and things like that in collision to the Earth because that's part of uh, of what I'm what I'm studying right now. I'm studying the catastrophes that change the landscape of the Earth and change the history of the Earth of why we don't know some of the things that we should be knowing about how we need to go ahead and be uh, looking towards not only existing on the earth but on other places. Elon Musk and them know about it. You know, they try mm. <laughs> they trying to put SpaceX and stuff like that, those other private rockets. They're trying to put, trying to put them on the moon because they know that at any moment, you know, we can get we can get uh, plummeted by a you know, by a meteor. What was it, a couple of years ago? Was it a couple of years ago, or last year, two or three years ago, that um, meteor that exploded in the atmosphere above Russia, you know, you know, and we had, mm-hmm. uh, was it Kungusta mm-hmm. in 1908 that flattened 800 miles or 80, 800 miles of trees? It was an airburst. It wasn't even a strike. Because the earth, if you, if you took all of, the, if you took all of the, the trees and vegetation and all that kind of stuff off, took the water off of the earth, it looked just like the moon, pockmarked with mm. asteroids. These records are contained and held in the Temple of Edfu in the Edfu building text that talks about the catastrophes that destroyed the earth. You have, you have, you've had impacts that have destroyed the earth six times that they have records of. Whew. So we, 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 so we ended to win it. And, you know, uh, even, <laughs> even if, even if we get plummeted by, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 a good size, Meteor, asteroid, or something like that, and it destroys destroys everything and everybody. We'd just be dead, waking up with the pipe in our hand, and your friends be laughing at you, talking about did you get the hit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you get a breath right there. I got some more for you, but uh, I got your good friend on the line calling in from. Three three six four one six. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Uh, yes, yeah, this is Brother Am Sue here. Brother L down here in um, Carolina. And uh, greetings to Bob Glenda. You, uh, you, uh, yeah, good greetings. Yeah, greetings. um, it's really oh, fire water there too. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So, you know, this is an outstanding. Uh, conversation, you know, to hear Bobby Kalindi, you know, passing on the, the wisdom. You know, I had the uh, 
opportunity to, to go down to the foods of the gods, uh, um, you know, gathering and uh, down in Oaxaca, and that was such a, a eye-opening experience just to see the culture so ingrained in their history and understand how important it is to implement these these uh, plants and entomogens into their lives, you know, because when we think about it, I was just listening and I was thinking about the nursery rhymes and stories that we get as children and growing up. And, I, you know, just doing the research and reading on even, you know, the last season with Christmas with Rudolph, Red-Nosed Reindeer, how, you know, the reindeer was eating uh, the Am- Amagita Mascara and uh, and basically uh, uh, daydreaming in the sun and sunburnt, uh, sunburnt his face, you know. So that's how they come up with, you know, different ideas like that. And um, so so my, I have a question. And yes. also... Uh, um, as far as the plants are uh, concerned, the, the sacred plants um, and activating the melanin and everything, is that is this, what is the purpose of having a specific, you know, like we have religious orders and things like that as far as having teachers as opposed to giving people what they need so that they can explore the multiverse themselves? Well, uh, that's what it's that's what it's about. It's the the plant teaches, the plant teaches you. The plant takes you where you need to go. The plant challenges you. For one man, I think what I want to say for one man to seek enlightenment from another man, it's like one grain of sand seeking enlightenment from another. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have it, it. It ain't no big eyes and little U's. And things like that. The grand poobah, the grand wizard, you know, the the, <laughs> the head the head uh, master of the water buffalo society and all that kind of stuff. These things right. are part of how people <laughs> basically get over on one another. You know, I was at uh, when when I was at the Vatican, I saw the opulence and the you know the the whole systematic. Uh, areas of how a system is put together. And these systems are older than what we think. You know, it's it's just like, um, you know, um, Dr. Schott from Boston University, I believe from Boston University, um, he tells us that the, the Sphinx um, is older than what people say. They try to say that it is uh, Khufu, but it's not. The Sphinx is prior to the young, number one is prior to the Younger Dryads. It has water weathering on it and uh, from rain, from torrential mm-hmm. rains for thousands and thousands of years. And the last time you had rains like that were past 10,000 B.C. or B.C.E., B.C. means before Christ. B.C.E. means before the common era because everybody's not Christian, so they don't base everything on when Christ was born and when uh, and in the year of our Lord because the, everybody is not 
beholden to Jesus being their Lord. So some folks say common era and before the common era. But it hasn't been rain in that desert, especially torrential rain, that would weather the sinks like that for, uh, I mean, since 10,000 B.C. and then several thousand years prior to that. So the things that they found out and that you can find out that you can see if you go to uh, Egypt, if you go to Kemet, you can see that the head on the Sphinx is smaller than the body. It's not it's not the size that you would think it would be to be dealing with that body, because mm. it's been re mm. it's been re it's been recarved several times. The pyramid, they say twenty five hundred BC or somewhere around there. That is a, a, a little over four thousand years old. Them pyramids are, are so old; they were re, they were they were fixed. You know, they Khufu didn't build the pyramids. The pyramids weren't built in twenty five hundred BC. They were mm. reconstructed. They were fixed around twenty five hundred BC. That's right. not when they were yeah. built. Because they were built number one before the younger Dryas. They're there for us to point to look at the stars, because climatic changes are happening are going to happen on Earth. Be it a mass coronal ejection from the sun, be it super volcanoes like is that Yellowstone? Yellowstone, you know, old faithful. Remember, you know, you look at the movies when you were a kid, the Yellowstone Park. The National right. Park and Old Faithful would shoot up hot water, you know, mm-hmm. uh, every 20 minutes or whatever it was. That's mm-hmm. a super volcano under there. Mm-hmm. And that super mm. volcano could destroy the whole doggone this hemisphere. So, and that's not even dealing with the Younger Dryas. The Younger Dryas, you know, is a plunging into coal around 12,800 BCE after the last, the the Pleistocene, which was the last ice age. So what happens is, is that 12,800 years ago, what I figured has happened from my research, and I've read uh, many different papers and books and things like that, and I'm studying it, and my friend Graham Hancock has written a new book called Magicians of the Gods. He wrote hmm. um, Fingerprints of the Gods back in the 90s, and that was a very controversial book because the geologists and uh, 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 different people said that, you know, uh, it was pseudoscience and he didn't have any evidence and all those type of things. But time has bared out what he was talking about as far as the megaliths on earth. And now in 2019, the evidence is piled so high that there was a, um, a extraterrestrial event that happened on the North American continent. And basically uh, it changed everything forever. That's why the United States doesn't have its megafauna. Megafauna is, any animal over 100 pounds is considered megafauna. They had four mm. different types of four different types of elephants on this continent. 
the woolly mammoths, the mastodons, and two other I can't remember to pronounce their names. They had horse, they had the North American horse. They had giant camels, ground sloths that were big as they were tall as giraffes. The short nosed bear, which was twice the size of a doggone Kodiak bear and grizzly bear. They had saber toothed tigers. You know, they had those uh, the big wolves, like the ones they have in, in um, Game of Thrones. The, the uh, what you call those wolves? The uh, well, they're some big ass wolves. You know, about three times the size of a regular wolf. You know, mm. all of these giant animals were killed. In one afternoon, that's why all over the world they talk about the great floods, the great floods, you know. And, of course, when you talk about floods, folks are going to say, oh, you're talking about the Bible and Noah and that pseudoscience and stuff like that. No, the the jury is in. There was They had asteroids. You know, asteroids, meteors, comets, or whatever. They came over the top of Canada, hit Greenland. They have the impact crater in Greenland. It's underwater. Lake Huron is another impact site. Mm-hmm. It came into Michigan. It this this asteroid came into Michigan, hit what is called Saginaw, Michigan, which carved out the Saginaw Bay. And it was moving so fast, it hit ice, and it knocked it all the way. It, it, it hit Michigan and knocked ice all the way to North Carolina and Georgia because the Laurentide, the, Laurent, the Laurentide ice sheet or ice shelf was a two-mile-thick plate of ice that sat on the top of the northern, half, the northern half of North America. And the airbursts of these other asteroids set the whole southern part of the United States on fire. You have a what's called a black black mat layer, which is a two to four inch thick layer in the soil that separates the extinct animals from the extant animals. In other words, everything below this black mat layer is extinct. That's your woolly mammoths and your saber toothed tigers and your North American cheetahs and all these different animals that got killed uh, within and that didn't get killed, died within a week. And everything above that black mat layer is extant. In other words, animals that live now that are still alive. So you find the bones of saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths and mastodons and um, the woolly rhinoceroses and all that kind of stuff up below the black mat layer. And above it, you have... Um, those animals that are alive today. You had inland freshwater tsunamis that, I mean, that disturbed the, you know, it, it, it basically disturbed the thermohaline circulation, which is the North Atlantic Current. And if you saw that movie, oh, man, what was the movie, uh, the last, whatever it was, when New York froze up, Okay, I'll think uh, of the name of it. Uh, day after tomorrow, or something like that. Day after, day after tomorrow, when um, the North Atlantic Current was uh, went up several degrees, and it started sucking in air from out of from from outer space, and stuff was fresh, flash freezing. This is what was happening twelve thousand eight hundred years ago. 
and it sent in freshwater tsunamis through this country, moving boulders that were 18,000 tons and dragging them hundreds and hundreds of miles along the land. It decimated not just North America, but it changed the climate all over the world. It brought fresh water into the oceans that changed the North Atlantic current, which changed the temperature and created what was called the Younger Dryas, which was a replunging of the temperatures into ice age temperatures. You know, it's, it's called the, the uh, after the Pleistocene, which was the last ice age, you had what was called the the, the Baling Alarod, which was a warming period between the last ice age and the Younger Dryas. The Younger Dryas plunged back into cold for 1,300 years. Then you had the Holocene. The Holocene was where things started to warming up. You had the mini ice age, which ended in the 19th century, from 1300, from 1300 to uh, from the 1300s to the ni- to the ni- uh, 19th century. You had what's called the mini ice age, and when it got cold, and agriculture was hard to do in many places. People didn't get enough food. Famine started. People died off. So you had human beings that die, have, have died off many different times. The population went so low after this impact collision that people, you know, were, were, were decimated all over the world. Africa didn't get a hit as, Africa didn't get a hit as bad in East and, and Central Africa. That's why you have arts and crafts and knowledges in Central Africa and the Congo and places like that that are pre-Younger Dryas, pre-Younger Dryas martial arts. And you have repositories of knowledge that were saved in stone because they knew that this, they knew that this was coming, so they built things like Gobekli Tepe and the pyramids, the Sphinx, uh, what they call Adam's Calendar in, South, in Southern Africa which goes back prior to the impact collision that created the world that we're, we're living in now, where information is scarce on what happened before that because you don't know, you don't know how they built They don't know how you built these things. You don't know how you move stuff. They'll tell you, yes, they were using copper, ch- copper chisels and rocks and wood mallets to uh, make laser-accurate blocks that were up over uh, 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 80 and 90 and 100 tons and they moved them on sand and things like that. When they wanted to build that monument uh, out west and the boulder that they used for that monument, I can't think of the name of it right off, but I will. The boulder was, uh, I think it was 150 tons. They had to make a special truck to move this thing. They had to build it and it took them seven days to to move it on a special truck, and uh, it broke every doggone crane that they tried to use it to move it. And this is in modern times, but they were moving stones like at Baalbek. They were taking stones that were a hundred and seventy tons, 
170 tons all the way up to 1,700 tons and putting them on and stacking them on top of each other. How are you going to do that without something else going on? So the knowledge and information that was in the uh, Library of Alexandria, which was stolen, it wasn't burnt up. It was, I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't burnt. The things weren't burnt up. They were stolen. They burnt up all the tax records and, you know, marriage certificates and stuff like that, and okay. took all the rest of that stuff. Later, it would be, you know, uh, deposited in the repository in places like the Vatican and things like that. Mm. You know, they might find, they may they may find some of that stuff down in Oak, Oak Island if you watch. The, the little uh, program that comes on weekly about Oak Island where the guys are, you know, trying to bring up the Temple of Treasure and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you, you know, uh, it was, it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned, you know, how, the, you know, it, it, from Michigan it knocked everything down in North Carolina because uh, just last summer, I was, well, kind of in the beginning of the fall, I was at the farmer's market, and I ran to this guy. He had these fruit called pawpaws. I don't know if you ever heard of them before, but they kind of look like. Yeah. But they they it's like a tropical fruit. But I hear from what I understand, they grow from Florida all the way up to Michigan. You yeah, know. They, and, they, they have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know that was kind of like, wow. How did that tropical fruit end up end up all the way up there? Well, I know they have what's called the they have what's called Carolina bays, and what they uh, are is oblong indentations and pools that they're filled. Many of them are filled with waters, with water. You know, the Great Lakes are filled with glacial meltwater. Um, many of the different. You know, the the Scablands in Washington State, you know, Lake Missoula in Montana. Lake Missoula in Montana is water that was butted against the ice dam. And when the ice dam broke, it sent billions of gallons of water in t- towards Arizona. <laughs> and this, this, um, uh, this wave of water... You know, three, three, four hundred feet high, moving at 120 miles an hour. It's just going across the land, dragging and and, and pulling everything up, destroying different levels of civilization that were there, killing people off, creating those different scab lands and things like that that are out there. Uh, these things were these mass extinction events and these cataclysms that happened were a way for the ancestors to say that this is a volatile planet that we live on and we need ways to be able to get off of here. So we have the technology that was given in the entheogens to be able to create the technology to be able to not only look at the stars but be able to travel into the stars and also to be able to travel interdimensionally because it's going to get to a point that the focusing on the stars is not the most important thing, but it is the interdimensional and extra-dimensional mm-hmm. travel into the multiverse, utilizing the technologies developed from being able to ingest the 
tryptamine hallucinogens that have that information encoded in the DMT, encoded into the Akashic records or the DMT compendium of knowledge that is utilized to be able to bring that information and technology out and then deposit it into the world so that it can grow and it can be utilized by the human beings to become more than a human. And once you become more than a human, you can do more than a human. And then the craft is built. That's the whole thing with masonry. And I'm not a mason, but the craft is not the craft is not building houses, you know, a mason, you know, you taking cement and uh, concrete bricks and stuff like that, building a house, but it is building the transdimensional craft out of the human beings mm. because the human being becomes the craft. The human being becomes the vehicle. The human being becomes the vimana. The human being becomes the flying saucer to where you move transdimensionally and extradimensionally and ultradimensionally into realms of existence that are so far beyond what we can even imagine. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about. You've got the technology that on a long Saturday night, you can see what no other person has seen. You can go where no other person has gone. You can access knowledge and information, uh, uh, be able to sojourn with novel creatures in magnificence, but we don't believe it. And even those who have taken the mushrooms or the other entheogens haven't taken a sufficient dose to be able to understand what it is. They're still stuck in their human areas of the entheogens. They're still dealing with, you know, well, you know, when I was a child, you know, uh, my older brother bullied me and it made me sad. So now here I am, I'm 42 years old and I'm still, you know, scared of my big brother because he used to punch me in the head when I was a little kid. And you're taking your, your, your small dose of mushrooms and you're still dealing with that type of thing. When you take a high dose of mushrooms, you're no longer a human being. The earth ain't important. <laughs> Those things aren't important. <laughs> the, the, hitting, the lot, hitting, the, hitting the mega millions straight is not important because you're right. so far beyond that. You're so far beyond those petty things that are in the human realm. So when we when we look at like we think about some of the you know the, the, the you know people the legends that we hear like uh, body dolphins standing you know uh, staring at a wall for nine years or you know in in the martial art world and then teaching them kung fu. Um, are these a continuation of the of the stories of the uh, of them taking the entheogens? You know. Well, I mean, there were there were fighting fighting styles that were there that were alongside the Shaolin. That was just the Shaolin Temple where Bodhidharma uh, walked through the Himalayas and went to Shaolin Temple and found that the monks were. I'm getting some feedback or something. Is somebody uh, making toast or cooking or 
you know, uh, sliding something across the floor because I'm hearing a lot of background noise. No, I'm 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 mute I'm I'm mute everybody's so, mic in a second. Go ahead, Bob. That's because I'm hearing a lot of a lot of uh, stuff in the background. So Buddy yeah, Dama went and he taught them uh, he taught them a way to build themselves up. But there were other martial arts styles already going on uh, at that particular time, and there's documentation on that the entheogens were utilized to uh, to develop these martial arts styles and internal styles and things like that. You know, uh, DMT and Syrian rule coming through the Silk Road and things like that, and different styles of martial arts merging. Most of the slick martial arts styles are, um, are Muslim styles, you know, brought into, you know, brought into uh, uh, China and dealing with that thing. In Japan, you have on Kornama, Kornama Mountain, you have the Amanita Panther Marina Mushroom, which brought about things like ninjutsu and different areas of swordsmanship, which even uh, developed the Japanese samurai sword from the entheogenic mushrooms that were found on this mountain. Uh, Akito, um, uh, even Riki, you know, um, all come out of mush. All come out of mushrooms. The healing system comes out of mushrooms. I know, you know, you can be a Riki master in one weekend and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I myself personally, I don't want nobody working on me that's only been, uh, you know, the class one week and is a master in one week and is, you know, go work on me. I don't, I don't do that type of thing because you got to, sh- you got to show me your, your diploma from longer than a week. You know, but that's the type of world that we live in. You know, right. we have uh, we have martial uh, we have martial arts people who everybody's a master now. You know, everybody got a tenth degree black belt. You know, and stuff like that. You know, when you know reality, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, you got tai you got people tai chi masters. You know that uh, you know that you know they're not effective. You know, just like the. Tai Chi guy who got beat up by the MMA guy and the MMA guy, he ain't been working out for three years. And the Tai Chi guy, he probably been doing it for 30 years and get beat up by the MMA guy. Um, hey, right. So, <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, you can't just claim to be something. And especially going to Africa, you know, when, you know, when I first started going to Africa back in the late 70s, early 80s, um, you know, you say you you are a martial artist, a fighter, then they want to see what you got. to They want to see. Don't come in here talking something and you can't, and you can't do nothing. You know, you want to see. You're a stick. You're a stick. You're a stick fighter. Well, we got a whole bunch of sticks here in Africa. Go get one of the stick. Cut, you know, get, get, grab me a stick and let's see what this guy can do. Uh, you know, because Mama. you know, yes. Um, I've always wanted to know this. When you're on these ultra-high doses, uh, you know, Godzilla doses, 30-plus, and you engage in warfare or, or you're practicing the arts or, or even just traveling through uh, different worlds, 
is your body in this realm prone and you're traveling through consciousness and you're fighting in an, in your in a, another body uh, consciousness or are you literally up in the room in the dark moving around um well i mean you you you're actually laying down your body's here but your consciousness which has a body to it because you know you have you know uh, you 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 go to a different dimension you still have a body there and it, and it can mirror the body that's here. So you can look just like yourself in a different dimension, you know. So your body is here. You're in a different place. Your, 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 your bedroom, the dark or wherever you sit in your couch or whatever, is no longer there, you know. You're on a different planet. You're in a different space. You're, on, you're in a separate reality. You know, you may be in a jungle someplace, uh, or what we would perceive as a jungle someplace, and you're light years away from the earth. You may be in a place that is so different, so strange, so unusual, that it has no basis for being able to relate to it as a human being. So high doses... You know, you ain't practicing in high doses because when you go out there, you can't be, you can't go out there practicing nothing. You got to go out with your game, with your A game on, because you will be, you know, uh, 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 as a warrior, you will be, ch- you will be challenged if you go in. Um, what I tell people in the high dose, I say, don't go in like you, you know, no matter what you see, look it in the eye and. Don't go in like you're a peon. Don't go in bowing and, oh, you know, you great ethereal beings. They can be three or 400 feet tall, shimmering and shining like, you know, you would think the gods would be or what you would think past what the gods would be. And you walk up in the room, everybody turn and look at you. You can't go in there and say, oh, man, look at these great spiritual beings that are so powerful and so magnanimous that I'm going to come in, oh, I just, uh, thank you for letting me come. No, you go in there like, you know, like you own the joint and like you're supposed to be there. Because if you go in bowing and scraping and, oh, this is so wonderful, somebody's going to say, oh, man, a burger that walked up in here. You know, a, waffle with, <laughs> a double waffle with cheese, you know, because the the not. The, the, the nonsense that go on here is pale by comparison. Now that doesn't mean that you don't have that there are places that there are places that are beautiful and that are calm and that are wonderful to be in. Because there are those things, but then there's some places that is absolute super crazy that are out there that you can get into, and a lot of mischief you can get into out there. You know, and that's, now, the, that's uh, the high. That's the high. That's the high doses. <laughs> um, Baba, earlier you were talking about how the Athenians have the technology, but civilizations of the past were looking at the stars and saying, basically forecasting the future. I'm just making sure I heard you right. So I'm so I'm forecasting 
that these things are going to be coming, you know, asteroids, meteorites, um, population, pop, uh, populations being reset, and now we need to take these technologies that are here to, or, or this, yeah, this, the, the, the plant technology and build present-day, modern-day technologies that help us survive these calamities or cataclysms? Well, Did I hear well, that you're correctly? Gonna survive, you're going you're gonna to survive whether you die or not. That's not the point. The point <laughs> is that <laughs> it is exploring. <laughs> see, uh, see, myself, I can, I can only talk to myself personally. I'm not a scholar. I'm not a uh, a spiritual being having a human experience and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm an explorer, you know. I explore novel states of consciousness. I go to faraway places, experience crazy things, and be that in the be that in the physical or be that in the infraparticle realms. Doesn't matter because I'm the same all the way through the game. You know, people talk about um, you take entheogens and destroy your ego. Nope, ego only thing you got. I am that I am. I hold on to who and what I am. I'm not giving up who I am. I may not know what that am is, but I'm holding on to it. Now, all of that jargon that you'll get on the different uh, groups and things like that about people, oh, well, I, I smoked some DMT, I broke through, and I dissolved my ego. That's just some jargon that, uh, they came up with in the in the late sixties, early seventies, and people have been going, you know, uh, running that same old uh, record for the last thirty or forty years. Now we have the ability to be able to grow our own mushrooms in the confines of our own house, to be able to travel when we want at the doses that we want to, and this has unprecedented because this is the time. This is the time of the singularity. This is the time of the technological singularity. It is the time of the organic singularity. It is the time that the organic singularity can merge with the technological singularity if that's what the person chooses to do. It's about being more than what we are now. It's about being more than human. It is about being unbound by the physical laws that are imposed on the simulation that we're in. It's about hacking your way out of it. It's about being more so that you can make your way out of the confines that are imposed upon this algorithm, upon this particular simulation embedded in other simulations. And we're getting ready to create another simulation with the virtual reality and augmented reality and the technologies that are coming and that I'm moving right now with the with the 5G, you know, all of the things that folks are uh, going to be doing here starting and moving forward this year with the technology. It's all part, it's all part of becoming mature and growing because the knuckleheads are going to be sloughed off. You know, gonna be sloughed off just like a, uh, you know, 
uh, trying to hold on to a speed uh, speeding aircraft. You know, you're either inside of the aircraft or you're on the outside of the aircraft trying to hold on. You know, I myself rather be in riding than on the outside trying to hold on. And, we, and you're going up, and it ain't no air up there and all the other things that are happening that ain't good for you. It's about understanding that our destiny is the, the our destiny is the super being. Our destiny is uh, the the eternals. Our destiny is the one above all. Our destiny is being Galactus and Thanos and you know, uh, and ain't none of them got nothing on the people that are listening to this program. If they just get their mushrooms and start growing them in their in the uh, in the cupboard or under their bed, and start getting into the higher doses instead of being scared to get in there, because that's what you're doing. You're practicing being your higher self. You're pulling yourself into your higher self. Your higher self is downloading information to you while you uploading information into your higher self, so that your higher self is pulling you into itself. Is self actualizing. It's almost immediate. We slowed down the time in this thing, but this thing is almost immediate. We were nothing but a a, a, a particle somewhere in darkness a tenth of a second ago, and we're standing up getting ready to move off in and out of this thing. But we've slowed it down to experience. We've slowed it down to smell the flowers and the taste the coffee. It's a movie called Starman. It was it wasn't nothing but a but a ball of light, who invaded this person's body. This man had died, and the ball of light went in his body and reanimated his body, and he was like, "Man, you know, apple pie is the is the shit, you know, because I ain't, <laughs> you know I can't eat nothing as a ball of light. I'm just floating around and doing different stuff, going to different galaxies, experiencing stuff. But when I got here and got in the body and got some apple pie." And some sex, <laughs> man, oh, man, it was on. You know, I know it's supposed to be about the Matrix and the simulation that was that was created for, for the movie, but Starman was about apple pie and leaving, the, and leaving the baby here. We don't know mm. what we are, but we're so much, we're so much more. And my challenge to the people who are listening is don't believe the hype. They want you to stay human. They want you to worry about Jay-Z and Beyonce. They want you to worry about R. Kelly. They want you to worry about that the government is shut down. They want you to worry about, hey, I gotta wait three more months for the Game of Thrones to come out uh, to, for the for the last season. To come. <laughs> you know, they want you to. <laughs> you know, but don't feel too bad. I'll wait for the last season of Game of Thrones too. 
You know, I want to see what you Me do with too. the dragon. With the dragons, the two dragons against the dead dragon and the, the ice wall and all that stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> you know. But on a long okay. but on a long but on a long, but on a long Saturday night, ain't nothing you've ever seen. Twenty five or thirty grams of mushrooms. That means Star Wars, Star Trek, the Avengers, Infinity Wars, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, none of that stuff. It all pales in comparison because you there doing those things. Where do you think they get that stuff from? A lot of a lot of it they they look they listen to my videos. Tell and us about people, the Doctor Strange. Not just, right about that. not just me, not just me. You know, Doctor Strange was a B character in Marvel. He didn't even have his own comic book. He was with he, they put in half Doctor Strange and half the Hubert Torch and the thing. But in 1974, Frank Bruner and Steve Englehart dropping acid, eating mushrooms in the East Village in New York, made their comic book deadlines through the experiences that they had and the things that they thought about while they were dropping the acid and eating the mushrooms in the East Village in New York. That's where you get the Doctor Strange that you see now. That's where you get it from. And they took st- and they came and took stuff from me, actually took stuff from me. I didn't even know it. They sent a person to Detroit, a young brother just wanted to talk about this and talk about that, and I sat down and talked to him, and end up finding this guy was working for Disney because they know they watch the the researchers for these things on what they're doing. They're listening to this talk now. Harry Potter and them pushing mm. the doggone buggy into the train. The, the dimension uh, uh, into a different dimension where Hogwarts is through the train station in, you know, train, you know, train stall 72. And there ain't no dog on train stall 72. And I forget, we went through, right. you, you went to class, you went through a tree into a different world. You go into a village and people sitting there and they got on raggedy clothes and they got to walk a mile down to get some water and bring it back to wash in the morning. And you say, oh, these people is in bad shape. But these people don't live in the village. They live in the interdimensional village. Mm. It's like it's like the shadow with Alec Baldwin when yes. the Toku sent the guys to, to kidnap him. He laying up with, the cloud with three women in bed. They kid, they kid, they kidnapped him and take him to the Toku's temple. And he go there and he say, "What this little hut is the? T- you call that a temple?" He said, "The clouded man don't see nothing." He said, "Once your eyes are clear from the illusion, then you can see the temple, and then the." Mist folds back, and you see the cobra temple there, the big cobra temple. And when you go in there, he has a short, or he has a, a, a the dagger, the dagger, the three-faced dagger that is 
a power relic, a power object. That's why we say there are relics and technologies on earth that are so far removed from what people think are power on this earth because the things that people have, their jewelry, your jewelry is technology. It ain't just for show. It ain't just to look nice. You carry a big onk, so what? You carry a big onk, you walk out in the street, you get run over. You carry a big onk, you know, you blow a stop sign, you know, you're in, you're in jail for four days. You carry a big onk. What I'm saying is, what does that onk do? What do them crystals do? It ain't just lining them up in a circle and putting a candle in the middle and chanting. The crystal is a technology. It's a room temperature quantum computer. It is a particle accelerator, a handheld particle accelerator. It accelerates particles past the speed of light, not up until 99.999% of the speed of light, like the Large Hydron Collider, which is the largest collider in the world. The Chinese, of course, are building a particle collider bigger than the one that's over there in CERN because, you know, the Chinese want to have the biggest one because they got a beef with the Western powers from back in the days of the Boxer Rebellion and when the uh, they invaded China, Japan, and Germany, and the United States, and the other countries invaded it, and the Shah Emperor crowned the last emperor of China, of which their power objects, the Yiming Zhu, which is an exotic glowing crystal of its own volition, which is a power object, which is a room temperature computer, which is a handheld particle accelerator, was the the Emperors of China's Yi Ming Zhu were stolen and took in, taken into the um, into the white market, and a friend of mine was gifted one of the imperial Yi Ming Zhu's from the Forbidden City. But I'm gonna tell you, it's some quartz crystals hanging around in some people's hands that are also handheld particle accelerator quantum computers and mm. they are accessed through the ingestion of the tryptamine hallucinogens that are encoded with these crystals that have been downloaded with information. You can download information into them. You can upload information into them. They will give you the augmented reality. We have masks that are 
augmented reality devices. That's what those African masks are. That's where they get the augmented reality from, the glasses, Google glasses. You're walking down the street now that you have a 5G. You better walk down the street, put on the glasses or the contact lenses, or they beam it directly into your retina, and you got all these characters walking up and down the street, big bears and all this kind of stuff. You had Bob floating in front of the place and all that kind of stuff, and you got to worry about it because trust self-driving cars ain't gonna run you over and they ain't gonna run into each other. So the mask, the African mask, is a augmented reality, virtual reality device, you take the image and put on the encoded mask because it's a computer, you put the mask on, you look into a different dimension, into a different world inside of the mask, and through the eyes you can project out into your community the, the what you're seeing inside of the mask into the environment, which is a virtual reality environment, where you can see the things that the person inside is seeing. They're seeing they're in the realm of the ancestors. They're in the realm of the beings of power. They're in the realm of what you would call the gods. And I just say the gods because I'm just trying to get people to think in the direction of what these beings would be because you can't imagine what these beings are. You can't even imagine what yourself is. But it projects it into the environment where the people who don't have on the mask can see what is going on and projected into their environment, just like Tony Stark and Bruce Banner manipulating characters and icons in their visual sphere and environment, just like in Star Wars, the last one, whatever that little ball, the little ball eye, when they said the map to find Luke Skywalker and the, and the thing sh- shot into the, environment, and it showed the map, Mm -hmm. or like in Prometheus, when the robot character went into the environment and turned on where these things were in the air, and you were able able to manipulate those things in there, that's what the African mask does. So all of the uh, different things that we're talking about, you got you got machetes that can chop through the trunk of a baobab tree because the machete can fight itself. They're no different than the media the media crisis in Indonesia made from one particular media that came and hit and even where the royal crisis of Indonesia, of the Pinjatsalata created from this one meteor. Where the Chris, when danger comes, it rattles in its sheath. And when danger comes, the Chris comes out into your hand, just like Yoda walking out and he stick his hand out and his lightsaber coming to his hand. Those are the type of things that I'm talking about. And I ain't talking no fantasy. I ain't talking no pseudo stuff. Like I said, the ch- the challenge is out there for folks who think it ain't real. <laughs> and I'm talking about the um, folks that talk the most. That talk the most stuff. Oh, that's not real. It ain't no ghost. There's no power left on the earth. Uh, never was no power left on the earth. You know, ain't no such thing as 
no uh, God. There ain't no such thing as no different dimensions. It's all, I'm a materialist. I believe in the uh, bread and butter and peanut butter and uh, <laughs> bricks and mortar and stuff like that. It ain't no spirit. When you die, you're gone. That's it. One thing that I know from entheogens, and it's a big part of it, is that the mo- the only impossible thing for you to do is die. You can't die. It ain't no such thing as death. You just slough off this body and step off into something else. And the body that you step off into can look just like you. You may be a little younger. You may be a little older. And that's all pliable because you utilize it what you, the, the way you do. What do you think they got um, Thanos and Galactus and them sitting in them chairs out in space. They just floating around in space sitting on a chair. If you go back into my talks, they talk about the chairs. They talk about sitting in space. It's all about the stools. Those Asante stools are those things. Those Asante, Asante ancestors, the Asante folk, those who came together for war, sit on those same stools with those same symbols those same Adinkra symbols sitting out in the cosmos, sitting on stars to make ours look like a match because they're part of the houses. I try to tell the Moors that you can't be a subject and a sovereign at the same time. So what the king of Morocco Mm. signed the treaty? That makes you the subject of the king of Morocco. You exist and live under his bequest and behest. Sovereigns don't have nations. The Rothschilds don't have no nation. Ooh-ooh. The Red Shield, they don't have no nation. The House of Windsor, they're not, part of a, they're not part of a nation. The House of Fraser, they're not part of a nation. The Habsburgs and all that kind of stuff, they're not part of nations. They have houses. Houses of separate entities. They are like a, a Sith holocron, like that oblong square that the doggone Borg are in. They self-contained. That's why they say they're the House of Windsor. They don't say we the we the we the 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 German Empire. They say we the House of Habsburg, or we're the house of Rothschild, or we're the house of Windsor, or the house of this, or the house of that. Because you can't be a national because you are beholden to the nation. The house is your family. It's where your roots are, are embedded in eternity. It is who we are. It is where we stand in relationship to everything else that exists everywhere in all time and space. That's why you better be part of a house, not part of a nation. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, the lines are open, Yeah, go ahead. Yes. 
No, 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 no. I was just going to tell people all they got to do is press 1. If they want to get in and they're on the lines, the calling number is 917-889-3803. Just press 1 if you got a comment, question, or feedback. Go ahead with what you were saying, Bobo. I mean to cut you off. No, I'm saying, and this is the old stuff. This ain't the new modern stuff. Everything, everything that's being done now is modern. It's not the old stuff. The old stuff. I got my three lessons, the last three lessons from my teacher when I was down in the grave in the crypt with him. Mm. I spent three moonless nights in the grave with my teacher. Mm. And he taught Mm. me the last three lessons of darkness on this earth. Everything else I got to get from him on the other side. Mm. To find out that my teacher is my advisor. So when I when I go into the multiverse and I converse with my teacher, he advises me on what's going on every place, all the time, throughout existence, throughout time, throughout space, throughout the multiverse, throughout the infra realms. Should the family go here? Should the family go there? Should we step to these folks? Should we close down and hold our position? What strategies do we use moving into places that have never been breached, into realms that have never been uh, experienced? We go into places that it ain't no precedent for. There's nothing that has ever been in these places. And there are places so dark and so malevolent and so horrific and so powerful that you have to create on the you have to create on the fly how to deal with these things. We're talking about the realms of true power and the existence of all things at all times. And these things are available for those beings who have the courage, who have the power, who have the fortitude, to those who can look darkness in the eye, who can look the spirit of death in the eye and say, not today. Mm. Mm. Baba, I think this is the time um, a, a lot of people are like, man, so, you know, my audience, I have a lot of people who um, well, are in different places. Some have never tried psilocybin mushrooms or DMT. Some, I had a brother call me today um, that said, you know, he's had several, you know, like uh, like uh, three and a half gram uh, journeys. And I often hear you in your videos at the end, you always say, get in the fight. Like you, and, and then once you get in the fight, two inch forward. Can you for like somebody who might be listening for the first time this evening, can you prop, can, can you explain those people who are courageous? You know what I'm saying? I don't think that you're. They may be misconstruing you and say, "Well, man, where do I find 25 grams of mushrooms?" I don't think that that you mean for them to start off like that. Can you talk to some of the audience who is saying, "Man, how how do I get in the fight? How do I start being courageous?" And also. Um, why, why you say that? I I feel you say make sure you inch forward because when you first go into the darkness and you look in darkness in the eye, 
you looking your issues in the eye because it's just you and your issues. Can you speak on that for me? Well, so psilocybin is magic. It's what they said that did, did not exist, you know, that these things don't exist, and they do. What I say is is that you start out, the protocol we have is you take five grams, seven grams, and nine grams with at least a month in between each one of those sojourns. Each of those three times with a sitter so that if you become confused, if you, um, you know, have some difficulty, the sitter is there to tell you that it's all right, you've taken some mushrooms, go back and lay down. <laughs> or they may turn on the light for you, or they may uh, just, you, you may just want to talk and share that experience. So the sitter is that. The sitter is not a, a guru. The sitter is not a shaman. The sitter is not a person who is going to explain to them the ins and outs of the universe and the multiverse. No. The plant teacher or the fungi teacher, that's what it does. You don't need no music. You don't need no candles. You don't need no uh, any of these things. The technologies that you, lose, you use later on in higher doses, and those technologies are just reflections of those things that you already have. But it gives you something to reflect on and something to be able to deal with. They said it in the Avengers Infinity Wars, or excuse me, Thor Ragnarok, Odin in his ethereal form, you know, when Thor's sister had plucked, plucked his eyeball out and he said, well, I can't do it without my hammer. He said, are you the god of hammers or are you the god of thunder? <laughs> he said the, th- the, the hammer was just to, the, the, the hammer was just for you to focus your power, which is the thunder and the lightning, not the hammer. So don't focus on the hammer. The hammer gone. So what you going to do? You going to be who you are or you going to cry about the hammer? So what I'm saying is for those three times you have a sitter with you. After you take the nine grams, when you go into 12 grams or 14 grams or whatever you decide to do, because after that, if you feel confident, you can then journey alone, where the journey starts. That's when you start. You don't start at five grams. You don't start at seven grams. You don't start at nine grams. You start after the nine grams and you journey alone. Because those earlier journeys are going to deal with getting, it's going to deal with your earthly trip and getting you out of that. You know, on the way up and the way down. At the peak, you may be entheogenically traveling. But on the way up and the way down, you're going to deal with some of those nonsense that you have in life. But <laughs> after that, when, darkness, when, when you go into the darkness alone, because then you don't have the mask, you don't have the persona that you have to hold on to because somebody else is there, and you don't get entwined in their whole trip, even though they're not doing anything. 
It's only when you're alone because the journey is the journey of the alone into the alone, into darkness, unguarded, where you don't have no you don't have no backup. You don't have nothing you can fall back on. You can't scream and somebody gonna come. You can't call them and tell them turn the light on. No, you there alone, without stimuli, no music, no Beethoven, no Adam Alan Watts, no Terrence McKenna. No mama, no daddy, no wife, no spouse, no nothing. Just you, yourself, your power, and the darkness. And, of course, the empty agenda that you're taking. And that's when the journey starts. That's when it begins, alone in the dark. And the rabbit hole is so deep and so long that it ain't no bottom to it. It goes on forever. It never had a beginning. It's what Krishna said to Arjuna in the part of the Mahabharata, which was called the Bhagavad Gita, where Arjuna said, hey, I can't do this. I can't kill my uncle and my cousins and my grandfather and all those folks. And Krishna said, you're a Kshatriya, you're a warrior, this is what you do. You're supposed to kill them. They're already dead anyway. We're just going through the motions. This is a lesson. This is a family lesson. He said, what you are, no fire can burn you. No water can drown you. No air can make you dry. No earth can cover you. Because your true self is the, your soul, it's the spark. It's that thing below the plank length. And why fire can't burn you? Because fire is created through the friction of molecules creating heat. Plank length is so many orders of magnitude smaller than that. Molecules ain't been even created yet. Atoms ain't big. Atoms ain't even there. Nothing's there. You can't water molecules out there, so you can't be drowned. Air molecules out there, so it can't make you dry. Earth is not there. See, what you are is indescribable and unimaginable. That's why we don't know. We don't know what we are. We don't even know what we are. We don't even know where we come from. You come from your you come from your mama. That's where you know you come from. No, I didn't come from my mama. I came through my mama. I was already self existence before I came through my mama into this dimension. Don't get the the oven confused with the person that is baking and mixing up the batter in the kitchen. The oven just bake it. And when it's finished baking, you take it out the oven. But that ain't the origin of it. So don't get it twisted. Right. No, I didn't come from you. No, you didn't create me. I was created before 
I came into a woman. That's just a vessel that I came through. If I get in the car and go downtown, the car didn't create me. But we want to be big. We have a way to be and see our own largeness, but we are either ignorant of what it is, either we are arrogant of what we should do, being arrogant in what we should do. We have magic here, real magic, true magic. a way of experiencing things that are so different, that are so powerful. These things are here. They've always been here. They're sitting side by side with us. They roll with us. That when all you got to do is pick it up. When we left the canopy rainforest in Africa and moved out into the newly created grasslands after that cataclysm that happened that created them, that knocked all those trees down and created grasslands and the large predators because Africa preserved its large megafauna. It still had rhinoceros and giraffes and wildebeests and elephants and all those different things that were destroyed on the American continent, they were still there. So following the cattle herds, learning rudimentary hunting skills, because you couldn't even hardly even call it hunting. You steal a piece of meat in between the lions killing it, the hyenas getting their share and the wild dogs coming in, in between the wild dogs and the vultures and the the, the rest of the little uh, beetles and brown sloths and all that kind of stuff, getting in some, you stole a piece of meat in between there. That was the hunting. The gathering, the women were gathering, mostly. There was a division of labor. When they grabbed uh, some flowers and tubers and different grains and things like that, and agriculture started. We were following the the animals on those grasslands, and on their dung grew the psilocybin tamarian blue mushroom that gave us the knowledge of ancient Kemet. Ancient Kemet was created by the mushroom, the sojourns, the pre-Kemetic, priests pre-dynastically when they were in the Sahara when the Sahara was green and it had lakes and rivers and tributaries streams and creeks inland oceans and you didn't have to be stuck on the Nile because you could be every place because water was abundant when the climate changed and stuff started drying out, those pre-comedic priests who had been taking the mushrooms, who went into novel states of consciousness and came back with technologies and ways of building and areas of how to develop food and how to build 
things that they saw in heaven on earth. It was built in light in those realms under the influence of mushrooms, Tekken and Ben Ben stones and hippostyle halls and pyramids and all those things built of light in the multiverse or what we would call light in the multiverse. They saw these things and said, hey, I want to build something like that. And they came back and they built out of what they had, which was stone. And then they drew and made characters and pictures of what novel creatures they saw inside of their sojourns into the multiverse, utilizing the mushroom and the tree of life, which was the acacia nilotica, and the African rue, which was the monoamine oxidase inhibitor, which liberated the DMT into the brain so that they could move into the acacic records, which was the acacia nilotica, the records contained in the world tree, just like Yggdrasil, the same tree. It's the acacia tree, the ruler of the nine realms, the Odin-Din. So they brung back what they saw in the multiverse, in the realms of light, and they brought it back. When they were there, they saw anthropomorphic creatures. They saw anthropes, half man and half lion, a pedimac, mahas. They saw Haru and Nebhed and Anup and all of these different creatures humanoids with the heads of different animals and they brought those back and they put them in the medunecha. The medunecha is the mouth of the transdimensional beings in those realms. Some folks translate them into the script. Translate the script. They can read it. But the entheogens liberates the metal nature into a DVD disc or the download mm. where the characters on the papyrus become animate, come off the wall into your environment. You go into their environment. Your environment changes to become the same place that is in the the, the the drawings of the metal nature because the metal nature was absorbed or taken from those realms and put on the papyrus. The same reed papyrus in the same fields that had the canary grass which was fed to the apis bull which was the sacred bull of which the high priests grew their mushrooms on the, the bull pies the bull dung of the sacred acres bull of which ate the canary grass, which has the DMT and the 5-MEL DMT and the monoamine oxidase inhibitors that synergize that bull and synergize the dung to breach many different billions of dimensions 
that was in the psilocybin, tumerian, blue mushroom, of which comedic was made from. Kemet was made from a mushroom. And, of course, they'll say, well, Bobby Glendy is crazy. He don't know what he's talking about <clears throat> and things like that. But then I break the challenge again. I got 30 grams of mushrooms for you. We got a long Saturday <laughs> night. Because I want, I want, I want the great, I want the great minds of our people to get out of the three-dimensional five-sense reality that we're in and be able to open up these realms for the rest of the people. Because I've been saying it for decade after decade after decade, and ain't nobody listening to me. So if we get some of you, if we get some of the folks that people listen to. To get in the fight, as we said, to get in the fight, to go into these rare dimensions and bring back weapons and bring back knowledge and tell us what the ancestors are saying and go into the realms of darkness, the double darkness and the triple thick darkness of which power and our information and knowledge and wisdom is held and go into these places and do the study. Go into these places and uh, pick through the archives. Tell us how we can become more than what we are. How do we bring about the singularity? How do we do these things? But it's already being done. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> we we need more we need more folks in here working on the problem. We we need more Doctor Strangers, as you say. We need more Doctor Strangers. Baba, can can you quickly elaborate on what you mean by bring back weapons? And, and we got three. And we got three people. And we got. And we got three people waiting. So I so I just, I just want to acknowledge yeah, that we have. We got we got three people waiting with questions with their hands raised. So I just. Archons, when the Pandavas were exiled to the force for 12 years, Arjun went to perform austerities and to get weapons. Also, Karna went to get weapons, um, the transdimensional weapons, the weapons that do not fail. The Sundansara chakra is one of those types of weapons. You have planets of war. You have swords that are um, as I was talking about the Tenzatsalat uh, and the chrysis made from the sacred meteor and uh, the different swords that are and were created in uh, uh, Africa and also in, in more Spain and in uh, the Damascus steel, which was actually African ore taken to India and transferred to Damascus. Um, you know, uh, Joyous, which was the sword of Charlemagne the Great, and the sword of El Cid, the champion sword. So you have different swords around the world, which are magical swords and things like that. Um, weapons brought back and forged in particular ways, weapons that are weapons, chakra-based weapons, 
things like this that are that that are out there that can be brought back into this dimension, which will hold off their whole, uh, you know, nuclear arsenal and all that kind of stuff. Wow. Am I still on? Um, oh, okay. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I want to get one of these callers on because now you're talking about the swords and the and the the and, and the weapons. That's a that's that's definitely almost a whole show right there. But I got a caller from two five six six four eight. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Caller from the two five six six four eight. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? All right, going once, going twice. All right, we're gonna move on to the next caller. Caller from the seven three two. 732588. Can I no, 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 no. You can't hang up you the call back. You're clear. Go ahead. Okay. Um, no, I just wanted to uh, say respect to, to Baba and uh, peace to you, Coach Kyrie. My own online persona is uh, truly Taurus. I just wanted to um, mention that I was once a member of the, one of the sovereign nations you alluded to twice um, in this lecture, and I just yeah. wanted to, to thank you because um, the information that you're sharing is – brand new to me. So I've attended a couple of the conscious lectures um, with the Dr. Phil Valentine and Brother Bobby Hemet. This information is uh, life-changing. So I, I just wanted to just call and say thank you, and I'm just listening to uh, the information you're sharing. Well, thank you for, well, thank you for um, you know, chiming in and, and uh, being able to listen to the program and, and make a contribution also. Uh, we just need folks who are serious to start getting in because we need to take this to a whole different level. Not worry about the re- revolution, but start putting together the evolution. We evolve our way up out of this. That these things become so minuscule. Minuscule. You know, I'm, get, I'm getting a, a double feedback here, so I'm hearing myself three times. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Charles. I'm going to just mute your mic, but don't hang up so you can just continue listening to the rest of the show, all right? All right, next caller, caller from the 678-949. Your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hi, my name is Yael Bakari, calling from um, Loganville. And what is so crazy about everything you said, just to give you backstory, I smoke cannabis regularly. So I've seen these things just through cannabis usage. And then I've also seen it, um, I've done LSD. I've been wanting to do shrooms, but I didn't know what dosages to do. But everything that I've read and everything that I've seen thus far indicates that 
what you're saying is 100% true. I've seen the quantum computers. I've seen us using diamonds, white sapphires, uh, uh, all these carbon-based crystal structures. I've seen all of it. I've seen how the music changes. I've seen the how our bodies become electrical. I've seen all these things. So how do you, you said you need more warriors to get it. Like how do you, that's the thing that's been bothering me, I should say, is the access more so than anything else. Because I know this is something that I need to do because of what I've seen so far. The access issue, how is it something that you can solve? That's my question. Well, it is you learn to grow your own mushrooms. Uh, okay. You, you know, you put you put in the, the time to deal with the learning curve, and you produce your own mushrooms so that you can then go um, journey at your, the times that you set up for yourself in your own personal ritualistic way of doing it. You know, we have folks who do it on the full moon, folks who travel on the full moon, uh, women who uh, utilize the time of their cycle to journey. I mean, so many different uh, ways of doing it. But the the first, uh, well, it's not exactly the first step, but the the step that keeps you in the game is being able to learn how to grow your own, you know, uh, LSD. You know, you got to get it from somebody who's synthesizing it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but of course you can you can grow that yourself and things like that. But you know, it's uh, uh, you know uh, that's something that you can do. But as far as mushroom, you learn to grow yourself, and that gives you the ability to be able to access the information when you set up to do it for yourself in the way that's best. You know, uh, that's best for what you what you're trying to do as far as how many times you want to go and how often you go. You know, some folks do it once a month. Some folks do it every six weeks, you know, uh, and things like that. So learn to grow yourself. Okay. Um, and the other one I had was um, it's for learning to grow yourself because I've seen – I've had a couple of articles that I've stockpiled um, on the process and so on and so forth. But for, like, the actual starter kit, do you obtain the starter kit from somewhere else, or is it just, like, the combination of things that you put in there that produces that particular fungus? Well, um, like I said, it's a um, it's a process. You uh, you know, there's a starter kit. You, you actually go ahead and buy the equipment to grow, which mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning stages is, is basically – Wide mouth half pint canning cur canning jars, and the formula is a mixture of brown rice flour and vermiculite, which is our agricultural uh, uh, agricultural um, you know addendum to soil and and water, and then you would need the spores or mycelium to be able to inoculate your uh, Sub, uh, substrata or your your uh, your basic matrix of what you're growing it in, which is the vermiculite brown rice flour, and then you just need uh, six to eight weeks for it to uh, accumulate the mycelium, and then you put it in fruiting conditions. So it sounds like a lot, but it's not really. You mm-hmm. you know if you get with uh, uh, 
Brother Coach, and leave your number or um, a Facebook name or whatever, you know, we can get with you and get you started on growing, uh, you know, mushrooms. And this, and this is a technique that you can grow any type of mushrooms on. You don't have to grow hallucinogenic mushrooms with it. You can go, go gourmet and medicinal mushrooms also. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a technique. It's just a technique. So uh, we want folks to know that these are uh, 